Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Join me today. He's a professional rugby player and a global team lead at Unicorn Incubator. It's Lucas Kanita. How are you doing today, Lucas? Hey, Alex. Good and fine. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to learn all about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do first with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Well, I'm from Argentina, so currently living in France for the last five years, but I'm from the other part of the world. Um, I grew up uh, in a family of uh, my mom and dad always being sports people. Uh, so I've always been playing rugby, football, uh, doing martial arts. I've always been I'm very into sports. And since the age of six, I've uh, been playing rugby um, almost nonstop, I would say. I had a break for one year because I was trying to play football too. But at the end of the day, rugby is what kept me going and my real passion. And that's why I came back and never stopped since then. Growing up in Argentina, what was the culture like and what did you learn about living there? Oh, so many things, you know, but um, Argentina is a very changing country. Uh, There's always ups and downs. Uh, So it's a very good lesson in terms of uh, being able to fall and stand back up, uh, never stop fighting. And I think that's the spirit you also need to be uh, to become a rugby player. Uh, and also in any startup, in every, in every business, that the, that's the, the way you need to do it to be able to succeed. So it goes hand in hand. When you first found out about rugby, what brought you to want to play that sport? Well, to be honest, when I was a kid, uh, my mom just took me there. I mean, uh, back in Argentina, I would say it's the second most popular sport, probably. Uh, being football the first and I always liked, liked, liked football very much when I was young and I've even tried to be to play I even played for one year uh, but what kept me going basically is the the atmosphere that you find in rugby you don't find it elsewhere uh, I remember a very good story when I was a kid and I went to try myself in the biggest uh, football club in Argentina. I was about between 10 and 12 years old. So I was a young kid, you know, I was just there for fun. And as, I, as soon as I went to the changing room, uh, everyone, there was like 60 play people in there. Everyone looked at me like, who the hell is this, right? I came in and say, hi, how are you guys? First question I got was, what position do you play? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I like to play number nine. A guy came up and said, our number nine is him. Don't you dare steal his post. I was like, wow, dude, these guys are 10, 12 years old. And they're already thinking like that. That's not the place I really want to be, you know. Uh, and in rugby, it's all the opposite. It's all about being a family. Uh, your club becomes your home. Um and the friends that you get there, you keep them for a lifetime. When you were playing rugby, what's the biggest thing it t- learned about yourself? That there's that's a lovely question, but 
what I would say is that there's no limit. Uh, you can achieve almost anything that you want. One of the beauties about rugby is that uh, no matter if you're fat, you're thin, you're big, you're small, you can always succeed. There's 15 players uh, on the field and everyone has a different role, a different position. It's kind of like, like a business. Uh, and if you do your job very well and you help others uh, succeed in their tasks, uh, that makes you a great player, that makes you a great businessman, and that's what it is. Do you feel when you were growing up playing rugby that you were able to shine in the position that you were at, or was there always another position that you wanted to try? Well, I've, I need to be honest there, but I was probably one of the best of the team when I was young. So, But I kept changing positions because some coaches thought that I would have more um, future in a different position or another. Uh, I re- honestly enjoyed playing rugby. I uh, don't really care that much about what position did I play. I just wanted to play, you know, uh, be on the field, uh, lead my team. Uh, and that was it. I didn't really care about where I was playing as long as I was playing. I think that's always the great mindset to have is just to be out on the field. I think a lot of people sometimes worry about who's watching me, who's going to judge me, but it sounds like you were focused on just enjoying the experience that you're having and having fun at all costs. Yeah. And uh, also being as competitive as I could, because that's always been my DNA. Um And in order to do that, I mean, if you stay on the bench, if you stay outside of field, you don't get anything. Uh, you don't improve. You don't. You will never be able to lead your team if you're not showing uh, through the example what needs to be done. Uh, that's kind of the spirit we've got in here in Unicorn Incubator too. Um, we always try to test things first, show other people that it works, and then put it into motion. Growing up, did you have any inspirations or someone that motivated you? Uh, I mean, I've always looked up at my the senior players in the team because that's kind of the spirit back home. Uh, to, to explain that a bit better, I mean, in Argentina, when you play for a club, 99% of the time, you never change. So you always stick with your home club. So it becomes like a family. It becomes uh, your place. You know that every weekend you'll be there. You, Since you're six years old and your friends will never change and they'll always be there, you know. And uh, one of the interesting things is that you, when you're young, you play, for instance, Saturday morning. You have your games, your trainings. And after that, the whole senior team comes in and plays the game of the weekend, right? So we every single time we we stay longer and we we cheered up our team. So yeah, in that sense I've always looked up for the players that uh were playing on my team, home team. Um I would say that's that was so always the a source of inspiration in terms of what I wanted to achieve. Um Yeah, mostly that, I would say. 
With those seniors in that kind of position as they were kind of a mentor for you, were you able to take that same kind of concept and be a mentor to other players that were getting involved in rugby? Well, I always try to be. Uh, There's, of course, a lot more work to do. That's something that you never stop doing. I think that's one of my objectives is to be able to transmit uh, what I could learn what uh, I could achieve, um, kind of a lifetime experience, I would say, in terms of becoming a professional rugby player uh, and a professional businessman uh, at the same time, which is not always uh, easy and it's not always what happens. Usually it's one or the other. Well, uh, I believe there's a way to mix both of them up. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to, to show and to do at, the, uh, at this time. What was that dream job work that you were wanting as you got older? Well, I would say the one that I have not right now. I mean, being able to do the two things that I love the most at the same time. That's probably it. Yeah. So it was always going to be rugby and no matter what path you were always wanting to be a professional rugby player. That was always, always my dream uh, since I was, I don't know, a young kid. Um, it's curious because uh, I was, I has, have been told by many trainers, uh, coaches that I would never make it to professional rugby because I was too, I was too small. And actually that pushed me forward uh, even more trying to um, make them know that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I think one of the best motivators is telling you you can't do it. Uh, at least it worked wonders on me. Just, oh, you think I can do it? Well, I'll show you I can. Um, I mean, nothing comes for free, right? I had to, you need to pull up your sleeves and put to work. There's no other way. But if you do what it takes uh, and you keep going, uh, no matter how hard it is, uh, it can be done. When those people told you that you were too small or you weren't going to make it, did you ever have doubt, like, maybe I should go in a different direction? Or was that mindset was, okay, I'm going to show you. I have to prove something to these people. Well, I would lie to you if I never doubted. Uh of course, you got doubts, but the important thing is never let those doubts overcome you, right? So it's always good to know that there's something in there that says, hey, are you going to make it so you can push even further? Uh, but never let your doubts be stronger than yourself, because in that case, you will never succeed. What is like in your professional career, the biggest accomplishment to kind of show those people that you have made it? Well, um, I would say when I signed my first professional contract in here in France. uh, So when I finally um, left Argentina in 2015 to come play one of the best leagues of rugby in the world. Um, that would be probably the peak of the my career in that sense. But I think there's a lot more than just that. I mean, when 
when you grow up in Argentina and you play for your team and you play, you become a senior player, there's between four and five teams just for the seniors. And being able to play for the first team and uh, show all the other kids that that can be done, uh, that's also something that you'll never forget. Was it hard moving to a whole different country or did you kind of like that experience and that journey that you were about to go on? I honestly didn't care because uh, my dream was to become a rugby player, a professional rugby player. And uh, I knew that was not possible in Argentina. Uh, so uh, my mindset was already decided to leave whenever I had the chance to to do what I wanted. And since it was my dream and I had made lots of efforts to become that, it was quite easy, to be honest. Talk about the experience of playing that first game with that professional team. What was going through your minds and how was that experience for you? Uh, it's pretty good, to be honest. I was, I mean, I've traveled, I think it was on a Friday, and uh, I spent one or two weeks before the, the next game happened. And then the coach said, hey, you're starting. I was like, wow, I'm, I was shocked. I mean, I've been here for only 15 days. And you decide to put me on the first team right away. And I was like, okay, I need to prove myself, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys made the effort to bring me from Argentina all the way to France. Uh, there's no way I can let, I will let you let them down. So I remember that on that game, I, I think in the first half, I did like, I don't know, seven, eight good tackles. And I was at halftime, I, of course, I didn't... I didn't speak a word of French and the coach said my name and I was like, Oh shit, I, I must have done something wrong. And uh, the guy next to me who was actually translating for me, he's, he was a South African, nice guy, a uh, good friend of mine. Um, he said, I was like, what, what did he say? Oh no, he's just putting you as an example. I was like, fuck, really? No way. So he was thrilled because apparently I was the only one tackling back then. <laughs> Were you always looking at that next team that you wanted to play for? Or were you fine being with the team that you were with for a period of time? That's a mixture of feelings when you're a professional rugby player. Um, as At the end of your contract, you're always looking to what you're doing next. Mm-hmm. Even if you're having an excellent time... Uh, wherever whatever the team you're playing with um and that's actually one of the reasons why uh i'm convinced that having this mixture of both rugby and business at the same time is the way to go because i believe that that um expectancy that i had that you know not knowing what's happening it's also due to um, just having one option. Uh, so rugby was everything I was doing at the time. Uh, you always ask, ask yourself, what happens if this goes wrong? Well, what will I do next? Um, that's why what we are building here in Salo Rugby uh, is this mixture of professional rugby, but also teaching and having people do a job during the rest of the time, uh, 
uh, that can actually become their lifetime experience afterwards. Because you never know when something can go wrong on when you decide to quit or change or whatever happens. And uh, it's always good to have a plan B, right? Was there ever a moment where you knew that you had to start looking for that next idea or that next step in your career because rugby may not be what's going to happen next? Um, I think that after playing professionally for four years, uh, after that, I started to ask myself what I was going to do afterwards. Um, I've never being a guy that stopped doing stuff while I was playing or not. I mean, I've always kept working, kept studying, even if I was playing. Um, so I think it's also a part of me to not just, uh, okay, this is enough for me. I, I won't go further, you know? But yeah, after playing four years, uh which was my dream and was my complete focus for that period of time. Then I started to dig in what else could I do while keep playing? Because of course I want to keep playing. I mean, it drives me, but I also find that business investments and, and that part of the job and the the work in becoming a businessman um, drives me a lot too. So why not do both at the same time? What's a big skill that you have taken from rugby that you have brought into the business world? Um, I would say motivation, uh, grit, uh, being able to fall down and step back up, um, not wanting to lose. Me, I'm personally, I'm a terrible loser. I don't like to lose. at anything that I do. Uh, I don't take that as a negative thing. I think it pushes you even further. And um, I mean, even when I was back home and after a game, if I lost, I couldn't, my my family couldn't even say hi to me because I was like completely focused on what happened, uh, trying to find solutions to what went wrong. reliving all the game back in my head, every single action that happens right now. And I think that's the kind of mentalities that you need to have whenever you, uh, you're into a startup, into a business. Uh, you never know what happens. There's always problems, especially when it's just starting and uh, you need to fix them, right? Uh, we don't like the people that just complain about, hey, I have this problem, this other... No. Okay. What do we do? How do we solve them? Uh, We're not here to just complain and bring problems into the equation, but we are actually here to solve those problems and try to um, make our weaknesses into our uh, force, you know? Were injuries ever an issue with you or was that all a mental thing where you didn't even think about it during the games? Oh, during the games, I never thought about that. Uh, in fact, I've been injured a lot of games and uh, played anyways. I mean, that's probably who am I. And I don't really 
care what happens. Uh, I think if you hesitate too much, especially in every context spot, uh, you will never get it done. Uh, if you start realizing what we are doing, and because <laughs> we are just smashing each other, right? Between with the rules of the game, but uh, <laughs> it's hard to be realistic and say that. Oh no, it's just, it's safe. I mean, no. I mean, we're just trying to tackle each other, hit each other. And injuries are a part of the game. Uh, for me, the important thing about them is how do you overcome them? Because there will always be there in a I mean, smaller or higher degree. Uh, it's, it's a part of the game. And uh, as I said, for me, the importance there is how do you overcome those situations? Because it's the same connection I do with a startup. Uh, every startup has problems. Every startup has uh, uh, things that they don't know how to do or something that broke and uh, that next needs fixing. Okay, how do we do it? Uh, and for me, that's the important thing. Talk about those companies that you're involved with today. What made you want to get involved with them? And how has that experience been for you? Oh, the experience, it has been great. Uh, keep learning all the time um, and keep growing. Uh, and also, more importantly, we are growing. We've, uh, we were like around six or seven employees uh, less than a year ago and now we're over 35 um, during COVID so we're growing very fast um, we've got lots of um, expectations of what's coming um, we we in fact are running the startup super cup um, which is an event uh, specially designed to make startups meet the capital they need to thrive and grow um, and that we are hosting here in October, uh, here in Salah, in France, um, where we will host a uh, hundred plus startups with a ratio of one to eight uh, startups to investors. Because what we really saw on previous events is that the ratio is not good enough. The connection between the startups and the investors are are not really done. So that's, I mean, we identified the problem and we're trying to solve it, right? That's our spirit. That's uh, the way we work. And that's what we intend uh, with this event happening uh, in a couple of months. So we will have also at least 100 media. Uh, CNN, BBC are coming. So really the impact we are trying to get with this event is huge. Uh, only by attending, if you're smart enough and you manage to get a couple of interviews with the, uh, CNN, Fox, uh, whoever's here, um, having a couple of podcasts uh, interview you and your business and what you're trying to do, I mean, that pays for itself, right? With being in the industry that you're in, was it going to be a challenge where you're excited to learn each aspect of what these startups do or what they go through to find those investors? Or did you kind of have prior knowledge of this industry? 
Well, I've always been into the startup business myself. Uh, since I was little, I was always trying to do something on my own. I didn't really like that much working for others in mm-hmm. terms of being an employee because that was who I was, right? And um, so I had some knowledge. Of course, I'm learning different things, but the problems startups face are, I would say, all the time the same. They have uh, lack of funds because every startup is usually being built up on the owners or the funders' uh, money, which eventually runs up. And um, th- that, that's one of the things we take care of here in Unicorn. And the other big thing is uh, usually as soon as a startup raises money, they spend at least 50% of that money into marketing services, which are not really specific, are not really um, explained on what you are achieving with those uh, marketing campaigns. There are no KPIs. And that's our fault. Uh, we, uh, our base comes from digital marketing, uh, customer acquisition, and that's where we excel. And that's what we bring into the table every single time we have a startup. Is there another business that in your future that you're hoping to be involved with, or are you already doing that right now? Well, we've got businesses in every, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but we've got, an e-sport platform called formagent.gg. Um, we have um, in decentralized finance, we have a new startup coming up, uh, tokens, NFTs, um, virtual reality, augmented reality. Uh, what else? I mean, we've got plenty of things going on at this time. And uh, frankly, uh, I'd say we've we can manage everything that comes into tech uh which is our focus we don't do anything that's outside of tech uh we've got it pretty covered basically all those different type industries you just named esports nfts i mean i've been seeing so many articles about nfts it's like all things that are paving the way towards the future of tech basically and so it's crazy how what those things are going to look like in 10 years from now and how it's going to evolve and everything so it's exciting to hear what you're doing with all these startups and how you guys are playing a big role in getting them off the ground in a way yeah i would say a lot less than 10 years because it's growing very very big and very quick um what we are seeing is just the beginning, but I think in the next uh, 12 to 18 months, there will be lots of changes, especially in what we call decentralized finance, DeFi, because um, in fiat money, it's, it's there, but it's having problems. Uh, we know how it looks like. Everyone's not trusting the governments anymore. Uh, they want something else. The cost of doing that, it's a lot higher than doing it uh, through the blockchain in this case. Uh, so there's, yeah, a lot of changes coming up um, for the best, of course. 
For someone that's listening to this interview and they're part of a startup or they're starting their own company, what kind of advice would you give them to get themselves off the ground? Well, I would tell them what we always ask for a startup to become um, incubated or accelerated by us. There's the first question we ask ourselves is uh, what can we do for you uh, that will bring real traction that would make that would make an impact for your business? If that question doesn't uh, actually ring, then we will never accept working with you because we know we won't be able to deliver. So that's the first thing. Then there's three key questions that we ask everyone to to bring to the table whenever they want to become a part of Unicorn. So the first thing is, have you got a proof of concept? What does that mean? Is Do you have a product or a service that's already up there? Even if it's in a low form and still needs a lot of work, a lot of progress, it's up there. Two, have you got one, two, three, 10 clients that have tried the product or your service and they're actually intrigued by it. They are confident that it can solve a problem. And the third question is, were you able to convince someone to invest in your business? But that that might be your grandmother saying, hey, I'm all in for it. Here's a hundred bucks. You know, it doesn't need to be something big. But if you are not able to convince your family that this, what you're doing, really has a potential, how are you going to convince other investors to bring money to your business? So those are the questions that I would say, always keep in mind when you're approaching anyone else and always have an answer to those questions to provide. I like those three questions because basically that's business 101. It's like, You got to answer those questions before you get out there because with this world, there's so much competition. You got to kind of prove how can you stand out in a way. Yeah. I mean, we get at least 50 offers a day, 50 decks a day, people coming to us. Hey, I want to work with you. And to be, need to be completely honest, 90% of those just get eliminated because they don't hook uh, so whenever you approach someone, be sure that you have some hook points in there that will stand out from the others. Don't try to invent the wheel, but yes, try to be to be creative in how do you pitch someone, how do you pitch yourself uh, to stand out? Because you're, if you're just the same as the others, it's going to be a lot more difficult. With being with all these startups, has you ever have you ever had that niche to start your own company in a way, or you're more like wanting just to help these companies grow? Well, I've done it in the past already. I had um, catering, I think it's called in English. So I was doing events for at least eight years. Uh, since I was 18 till I was 26, I think. So for a long period of time, I had my own company, uh, all sorts of events. I've also had a boutique shop uh, with uh, design for shoes. Uh, So I've done that. Um, 
it might come back, sure. But uh, and in fact, some of the startups we are talking about uh, have been funded by us. Uh, for instance, Sports X. It's one of our startups, one of our own, which is starting to grow very quick. You will probably hear more about us soon because um, we've identified that every single sports club have the same problems in terms of branding, in terms of uh, marketing, uh, in terms of creating an identity and growing a community. And those are points that we are very confident that we can uh, solve. For instance, our Salo Rugby, which is one of our startups here, um, even though it's 117 years old, we consider it a startup because it's got every single problem that every startup has. So for us, um, we, we spent, we were at... Uh, 2,000, 2,500 followers in Facebook uh, less than six months ago. And now we are almost at 100K. Wow. So, yeah. And we are a small Federal 2 team, which is fifth division in France. And uh, we've got a bigger community than most of the clubs in first and second division, Pro D2 and top 14. So we know how to get it done. And that's what we are trying to solve with this uh, Sport X. And um, and also, how do you monetize everything afterwards? Because it's good to have a community, but you need to be able to uh, monetize that to grow your business, right? And we believe this it's going to be very big in the next uh, six months. So thinking about the future, what are you hoping to accomplish professionally and personally in the next couple of years? Well, I would really like to transcend and to transmit what I've been doing, um, try to motivate people and help them grow as long as I keep growing myself too on the process, because I think we we should never stop learning and growing. Uh, that's something very important because there's always stuff to improve. Um, and I would like to do both things at the same time, encourage people to become better at what they do, uh, rugby-wise or and, I wouldn't say or, and uh, business-wise. So, yeah, I would think that's what I have in mind right now. Looking back at your journey and experience, for someone that's listening to this interview, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals, and rise to the challenge? Well, I would say first, never give up. Uh, Everything can get done if you do what it takes. And as second thing, which is probably the most important thing, even though it might sound a bit cliche, but uh, follow your dreams. Uh, whatever those are, don't don't let them go. I mean, it can be done. Uh, of course, they won't come for free. Uh, maybe you need to wake up three hours earlier to do whatever you need to, or stay up longer 
or train harder, whatever it takes, right? Uh, but follow your dreams because that's what it that's what it is, right? I mean, if you really want it, go get it. I that's as simple as that is. It's so true because I think a lot of people now they struggle to follow their dreams because they feel that they're not going to accomplish it or there's so many obstacles in their way, but you kind of just have to have that mindset and go for it. And it's going to happen if you put the mental game into it. Yeah. And I also think this, I mean, this first, the question, am I good enough? Which you already start with a 10 year penalty in that case. Uh, Second thing is you start worrying about the problems that you might find yep. instead of starting encountering those problems because they, they, in 99% of the cases, there will be problems. I, I won't lie to you. I mean, and they are there to make you grow better and not just to make you fall down. And if you fall down, stand back up and carry on. Uh, but yeah, just get started, right? Um, that would be it. Well, Lucas, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. We're excited what, to see what you're going to do with your companies and excited to see what the future looks like for you. Thanks, Alex. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for the opportunity to be here. And uh, I'll see you soon. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.